Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, and in this episode, we have Hank Watt, who is the co-founder and owner of Nature's Wildberry. And with this company, he's helping people cut sugar and processed foods and increase their love of vegetables and whole foods using Ladidi berries, which are absolutely incredible. And they literally turn things that are sour into sweet in like 30 seconds. It's kind of absurd. He sent me samples. I tried it out myself and it's amazing. You have to hear his story, how he found this company. And honestly, you should do more research into into these berries and check out their website because it is incredible. And all the videos they have of people literally eating lemons right after, it's it's crazy. As always, the show notes are justgogrind.com slash podcast. And please leave a rating and review over an Apple podcast. It takes all of 30 seconds to a minute. That would be very much so appreciated. Without further ado, here's Hank Watt, the co-founder of Nature's Wild Berry. Hank, welcome to the show. Thank you, Justin. Feel great to be here. Yeah, and your product and your company seems fascinating. And so where I want to start is right with that. What is the product that you're selling right now? I know about that first. Nature's Wild Berry is a red delicious berry we grow in Florida. And it's really unique because these tropical plants, they require so much humidity and moisture. They're so specific to a region that they don't grow many places else in the world. And so sometimes they can, you know, be around for hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years, and people not know about a plant like this. In fact, I was 34 years old until I realized that this existed. (laughs) The Lididi berry changes flavors on your tongue right after you eat it. You chew it for 30 seconds. The pulp coats your tongue, swallow it, super healthy berry. And from about 15 to 20 minutes per serving after that, anything that's sour that you would naturally use sugar or sweeteners to use, you don't have to use those at all. Just naturally, it'll taste sweet on your tongue. So we call it the anti-additive for that reason. It's called (laughs) a Lididi berry. If you think of Puff Daddy, but going to uh, France, Lididi. That's how yeah. I remember it. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and with that too, you said you discovered it at a late age. How did you actually discover this in the first place? So I came to my best friend, Giuliano. He had a, a restaurant called Planet Raw, super famous here in Santa Monica. Got started up in San Francisco and they expanded to West Hollywood. And they had a reputation for making healthy food taste great. And that was what I needed. I was uh, about 250 pounds, pre-diabetic, size 40, and gaining weight, not losing weight. I went to him because I saw this documentary. At the time, it was on Netflix. Now, if you want to watch it, it's on Amazon Prime. But it was called Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. And yeah. it spoke to me. I don't know if you went out and- I've seen it. Did you I've seen it, it? yeah. <laughs> so many people bought a juicer after that. but um, Oh, for sure. <laughs> Bought a juicer and I just didn't know how to use it, so I went to him to ask for help, and he said, uh, "You know, you're you're a perfect candidate. I want you to try these berries." And he he bought them for me, made the most ridiculous smoothie. It had like dandelions and unsweetened cranberry juice. It was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, think of the worst thing ever. And, um, and then I tried this berry, and I swear it tasted like a green Jolly Rancher. For the first time, um, I felt like there was hope. I, I felt the call of like the heavens opening up and saying like, you know, if this is healthy, 
and you crave it, you there's a there's a chance, there's a hope and a prayer that you can you can put vegetables in your diet. Because uh, up to that point, they tasted like dirt to me, and I couldn't do anything about it. I was hooked on a processed, sugary diet, and uh, vegetables just I couldn't see myself eating them at all. And this berry changed my entire way of looking at food. And I started seeing healthy food as something that actually tasted sweeter than sugar because the science is um, when that glycoprotein activates on your tongue, it's 400,000 times sweeter than sugar. And so there's nothing I could buy in the store that would actually taste sweeter than that. So that was my go-to. Yeah. And to that point then with, with that, so you have this kind of transformational berry, like, like, this is amazing. This product's crazy. Like at what point then does it go from that to, oh, let's make a business out of this. Let's start selling these. Like, how does that transition happen for you? Perfect. So I'm a real big believer in knowing yourself. And I had been part of companies before founding companies and knew how difficult it is to um, stay, you know, be successful in your launch and then maintain that success and stay in business. Um, prior, I had uh, opened up about 14 uh, retail stores and had to sell everything in a year and a half. Um, and I, I was interested in the long term with this. So I, I really, I knew I couldn't do it on my own. That was my long way of saying that I needed some help. I needed a co-founder. And I, yeah. I, I knew that the right person was Giuliano. He just didn't want to go into business with me right away because we were the friends that um, you would really let loose with. Like this is your true best friend that, you know, you could go out perhaps drinking, maybe blackout, but know that he had your back and that you were going to, you know what I mean? Like these are, yeah, yeah. that was my, that was my homie and he didn't want to. Uh, have um, a business ruin our friendship. And so he said not right away. So I used these berries for my own personal well-being and uh, proved it to myself. And after six months, I lost about 60 pounds just by putting vegetables in my diet, not doing anything different. Um, And then uh, I lost another 20 pounds figuring that I could eliminate excess sugar, like the sweets that I used um, at like midnight when I had those cravings. So I started using the berry uh, to avoid those, ty- you know, added sugar moments, and I lost another twenty pounds. I went back to Giuliano. I said, "Hey, look, I've lost eighty pounds. This thing works. <laughs> I mean, like it works. Like no one else was using it for more than a fad, a gimmick, you know, um, a novelty at the time, and I was using it for my lifestyle." And I said, "You know, a lot of." Uh, a lot of people ask me, why isn't this a thing? I'd, I'd work my retail. I was a manager at Sprint and all of my customers, all of my co- and co-workers, all of my bosses, they all had this berry that I gave them and they were all telling me, this is amazing. Like, I can't believe that this exists and I didn't know about it. And they would look at me puzzled, like, why isn't, why isn't there more of this in the world? And I went back to Giuliano second time. He said, you know, I don't do business with friends. Like, let's just stay friends. So I, I uh, put it on hold. And then finally I saw the remake uh, or the sequel, I should say, of Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. Did you see the second one, Justin? I just saw the first okay, one. So second one was way more depressing. And I'm going to spoil it for anyone who's listening right now. Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. He goes back to see the uh, first 
the first guy that he helped and the second one. And um, he went through a bad breakup of a divorce. He went, he lost his job. He got downsized and um, went back to comfort food. Put um, all the weight that he lost in the first film back on. And it made me like tear up. I got a lump in my throat. And I was thinking the only reason that that didn't happen to me is because I'm using this berry multiple times every day to make cheat basically cheat healthy foods yeah and um i needed to do that for other people because like it's not fair just to like keep something like this just to me it grows on a tree you know so i got this look in my eye i went to juliana i was like listen man i'm not gonna take no for an answer now and he was like he just knew it he was like okay well so i'm from the restaurant industry i know that anything that's frozen or refrigerated is the most expensive type of food out there. And as a startup, we're not going to be able to compete if we have to go against other people in that shelf space. So we have to figure out how to make this berry non-perishable. We have to preserve this so that we can eliminate the risk and eliminate um, that kind of competition for uh, shelf space. And we did about uh, 10 months of trial and error before we actually had a business and figured out the exact perfect way to preserve this berry so that it's uh, shelf stable. Um, we made it uh, dose sensitive by uh, cutting it in half so that people can, instead of uh, forcing people to have like a 30 to 40 minute uh, effect, they could just take half of a berry as a serving and have a 15 to 20 minute effect if they wanted to. And so that helped stretch the dollar also. But we were able to remove the inedible seed, which I thought would ruin the effect if someone ac accidentally bit into that because I had done that um, for a year. And yeah. it was, it's just awful, ruins the whole thing. So we just focused on making it something that was affordable. We dropped the price from $3.33 down to a dollar a serving. Um, we just made it more convenient and uh, more available. We threw it on Amazon and, and now we have a business actually. Yeah, and that's obviously an incredible story. And there's a few questions I have even related to the things you kind of just mentioned. In those 10 months, like what else specifically were you doing to kind of figure this out? Like what was your approach to this process to figure out how to make this this viable? You mentioned some of those things. I'm curious, was there anything else that you did to kind of figure out, is this viable? How can right. we make it so viable? So I picked Giuliano's brain. Every single way there is to preserve food, we tried every single way. Uh, bought all the equipment off of Amazon, and um, we actually <laughs> it took it so seriously that we leased um, commercial kitchen space to do our trial and error, and um, it was a blessing. We found a place that was um, so generous to us that he loved the owner, loved what we were doing so much. He said, uh, I, "I normally charge four thousand a month for this, but tell me what you can afford." And uh, we told them, and uh, as a joke, I said 150 a month, maybe. And uh, he's like, "Okay, no problem." And so, <laughs> I wrote, yeah, wow, fifty bucks, <laughs> and we were there for three months. And uh, during that time, we figured out that the uh, freeze drying method worked if we were able to remove the seed first. And um, once we got that figured out in our commercial kitchen, we moved that kitchen that we had there to the farm. So instead of having our farm send us berries that had the ice pack, like, like how it had done for five or 10 years before um, with perishable berries, we just moved the kitchen to the farm. 
And that was actually the real secret to success because we found that we were able to uh, capture the peak potency after um, just two hours of it being picked. And that made our berries even more effective, wow. more delicious, and made them really stand out in a, a sea of tablets and powder because that's all that had been there before. And I was just convinced that uh, I didn't want my name, my premium product uh, to be associated with the tablets and powder only for the purpose that I wanted this to be a, a more holistic, natural experience for first timers like me to experience. And uh, there's just something about like a tablet that's too much like medicine, uh, a little sketchy, like yeah. powder is even a little bit more sketchy, like what's in this. And so Exactly. I wanted people to see a berry and recognize this is a this is a fruit that grows on a tree, and uh, in my philosophy, if it grows on a tree, it belongs to me. So yeah, yeah. And one of the things too, you mentioned like multiple times trying to get your co-founder. You said Giuliano on board. Why did you keep pursuing him versus anybody else, or trying to find someone else earlier on? So in in my prior businesses, I felt like there, like I had trust between my friends and I had mistrust between the people that I wasn't close with. So I didn't 100% trust people that I didn't 100% trust. And I know this sounds repetitive and obvious, <laughs> yeah. but um, like I needed someone that I knew was a workhorse and Giuliano would spend 16, sometimes more hours a day from open to close in his restaurant. Uh, never took the credit for it, always passed it on to his family. And um, that was something that I could relate to. I saw my parents work uh, crazy hours as doctors. So I have this work ethic that doesn't stop also. And so I could, you know, I knew that he could count on me and I can count on him. We have this symbiotic uh, working relationship where we just, we, you know, once we love what we do, it's like trying to separate it from who we are is impossible. And um, so I recognized that in Giuliano and I knew that the last thing I wanted to do for the next 10 years of my life was question the motives of my business partner. And um, that was the, that was the most important thing for me because I mean, trust is such a huge factor when you go into business. Right. And and you mentioned with with the time you spent kind of addressing your own problem with these berries initially, and then getting to the point where you got rejected a few times by Giuliano, and then he actually agreed, and then 10 months of you know kind of trial and error to figure this thing out. At what point did you realize that now is the time to launch? Now is the time to to distribute this and get this out? Like, what was it? about that, that you were like, okay, now we're good. Now we can launch an Amazon. Like what was that, that got to that point? Uh, his high standards and my high standards combined, we were like, this isn't good enough. This isn't good enough. Flat out doesn't work. You know, all this rejection. And then we finally uh, had a batch where we pulled it out and our mouths just naturally rehydrated the berry. And, um, the, pul the pulp was really easy to coat our tongues with, and the effect worked just as good as the raw berry. Just, ju I mean, there's absolutely no difference between the time of the raw berry and our freeze-dried berry. So at that moment, I was like, okay, now we have a product that we can go to market with. So we had an alpha. We um, 
it was it was so handmade it was awesome i loved it we, <laughs> we had an alpha launch we had a beta launch and then we had our commercial launch which is the uh the five dollar packet that you see today um that packet is landed after delivery and there's no taxes on that and there's two servings in a packet and so we wanted to make sure that our samples we were getting compensated for because people ask you all the time do you have a sample can i have a free sample can i try and the one of the most important things for you to do as a food business is and probably any business is to never stop sampling but I listened to enough podcasts before and been in business long enough that I knew that sampling could also put you out of business. So to me, it was important to um, make money on our samples. So even though we don't, um, I mean, I think it's like really about a dollar after everything is said and done on Amazon that we yeah. collect in net uh, profit, but it's still something and we're not losing money on sampling. And this way people get to try it before they buy our jars and they can prove to themselves. Um, I recognize that this is, this is, sounds like Jack and the Beanstalk and I didn't believe it. I was the most skeptical person out of anybody. I thought, Juliana, you're giving me this berry that might work, you know, for some people, but it's not going to work for me. And um, it was in that moment where that disbelief and the second that it hit my tongue that you become a believer you know, and that's, that's the powerful impact of the sample. And when you have three of them, so we have a one pack and then we have a trial pack as well. So if you have three of them and all three work perfectly, then the odds of someone getting a jar um, actually go above 50%. So, wow. so that's, those are the kind of um, numbers that you learn with food coming, working in a restaurant environment. And so, for all those reasons, I mean, I, I, picked, I picked the reason that Giuliano was my friend and that I could trust him because to me, trust is so important and communication is so important and speed is so important for a business to last that those were important. But also his entire culinary background, uh, you know, he got to bring to the table and uh, we have definitely benefited from that. Yeah, it seems like a, a, obviously a great fit. So it was worthwhile to wait and keep trying to get him on as a, as a co-founder. And that is a lesson in that type of thing. Finding the right people might take some time when starting a business. If you think they are the right person, it seems to have been working out so far. And and with the distribution, you said you went to Amazon first. That seems like a maybe obvious way, but how do you approach distribution now with Amazon, your own website, other places? How do you How do you kind of approach that? Well, I count Amazon as our first because it was the first one that actually really took off. But in the very beginning, we went to doctors first, and okay. uh, we be, we went we got accepted through Natural Partners, which is a uh, nationwide distribution for uh, for clinics, for naturopaths, and for MDs. And um, they absolutely loved us. But what we found out is that we didn't have the demand, we didn't have the word of mouth. And if you look at our um, packaging, you might, like I said, you might not believe it unless you try it. <laughs> so <laughs> what we found out, uh, we, we found out that we needed to create a lot of content and the place where people could see the most content right now is social and, and where people buy after social is Amazon. So that kind of made sense for us to, to go with that, that flow. Early on, we met with... Um, it's really strange. Like early on in uh, 2016, I started listening to other podcasts as well. And Gary 
Vaynerchuk popped up on my yeah. He kind of blew up for me during that time. And so we went to go see Vayner Media here in LA and gave them the demo and uh, sat down with Steve at the time. He was this uh, CCO and just kind of got the feedback where you know, we blew him away and wanted to know, you know, what does he think the direction that we should go in? And he told us, you know, the influencer play all day, all day long. And that's what we listened to. We took it to heart and we started offering uh, samples to influencers online. And the novelty aspect, you know, you're just so curious, you have to try. And we, <laughs> and it was important for us to, to not put any expectations attached when we were giving. And, um, you know, over half of them made videos on us. And without asking, Jennifer Gardner made a video and she gave us 4 million views between all of her socials and uh, she produced it. I, I, it was insane. Like <laughs> my co-founder and I Jeez. <laughs> dropped to the ground uh, when we first saw it. And one of her uh, fans is a foodie. And this is just the way life works. Uh, she has her own YouTube channel and she's got 7 million subscribers, um, like double Jennifer Gardner, but you've never heard of her, maybe uh, Sassitube and uh, Sass ASMR. And she made three videos on our behalf. I think she's gotten up to about 15 million views now for us. Jeez. I know. And so this has a word of mouth type of life to it like you want to spread this because people recognize that it did have a life of its own like it, it does grow on a tree and um they recognize that it's not a proprietary blend of this that and the other or blah 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 it's you know something that nature gave us and we can use yeah yeah and i want to go a little bit deeper with the influencers thing because it can be such a such a crapshoot in terms of how do you approach that and how do you find these influencers like how did you then you knew you want you knew, you knew the influencer route was a way you wanted to go based on talking to vayner media how did you approach that because there's it's kind of a black hole of of that how did you do that so we looked at our entire target market and we recognize that 75% of our audience is female and usually mothers. And um, these are the people that are making the buying decisions when it comes to their family. And we went to the health and wellness uh, uh, side of Instagram. We went to the uh, food and beverage side of Instagram and found, you know, it's almost unlimited. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like every day I find people I had never heard of before that have millions of followers. It's crazy. And so um, <laughs> I'm sure you know. It is crazy. <laughs> like you can't really, it's hard for you to wrap your mind around like how big a million people really is. And then, right. And then just think about how gigantic Instagram is as a, or, or you know, social is as a, as platforms go but anyway i digress uh how we found it how we reached reached out to them kept it very simple in fact this is our strategy today um i have a, a two questions as my intro a very cold dm and it and it works because it's uh two questions you're not selling anything you're not telling anything and and people when they don't know you they're not committed to you they're not invested in you so you have to be very quick and so if they're if you're going to be quick you have to ask them you know you have to catch their eyes so my question is 
want to do a taste test with nature's wild berry ever uh, tried a flavor changing berry and leave it at that <laughs> you know if you've got something that people might want to try um and that they haven't tried yet pique their interest and let them come back to you and that's what that's exactly how the conversation starts i send them some berries put no uh expectations on them don't tell them Anything that I want them to say, I let them, you know, um, discover more about us. I make myself available for suggestions, questions, comments, anything like that. And um, the next thing you know, a couple days later, we're getting shout outs, we're getting posts, we're getting, you know, uh, traffic, we're getting spikes, we're making conversion sales. It's, um, it's a new way of doing business. Yeah, business is always changing, but this is the current way it works. And with influencers and these people online, where we'll see how that that whole industry goes and changes and evolves over time. But with your product, especially a physical product, a product that is such a reaction that comes from it, I've seen I've seen your like YouTube video, promotional video about it, and seen the reactions. And you're you're so curious. You're like, what is this thing? And you can't help but just want to watch or be drawn to it and then share it. And so it seems like such a great way to get your name out there. One of the things I'm thinking about too with with this business, then how do you approach competition? Because it's not like you have your own process for freeze drying these these berries, but anyone could in theory get them. Like how do you approach competition then? Perfect. So a few things. When we first started, we looked at the competition as um, doing nothing. Not like our competitors were doing nothing, but our biggest competition was our customer base making no changes. And so uh, we looked at the competition as like all the attention online. (laughs) If I wanted to to narrow that down a little bit, I might say that our competition is anything that provides sweetness, like any sweetener whatsoever. Like I do not want a narrow competitive field. I want a very broad competitive uh, competitive field, because in that way I can still distinguish myself. So, when I first tried to explain a little bit about the berry, I called ourselves the anti-additive. And in that sense, when I think of all the sweeteners on the market, you've got all the the sugars, the alcohol sugars. Um, the, you know, every, every type of sweetener, what you do is you add that to the food or the beverage, right? And, it, and it'll affect the way everything tastes, no matter what. Well, this is completely different. Like I, like I mentioned, you're going to let this sit on your tongue to have the effect without adding anything to the food or the drink. So in that sense, it is a different application, a different method to, um, sweeten the food and the drinks that you have but without a sweetener and so i put that straight on the front of our um, marketing you know our tagline is sweetness without a sweetener taste different so i wanted to kind of challenge people and pique their interest at first i let them know on our packaging turns sour sweeter than sugar in 30 seconds so people can kind of kind of get it but they still have to hear about it from a friend i believe and i think that that's kind of our secret to success is that is is the word of mouth because it is the bartenders who are saying have you tried this like in los angeles you might go to a couple bars and 
people will, you know, the bartenders will say, well, have you tried this drink? It has a wild berry. And, Mm -hmm. or, or a doctor would say, have you tried this to, um, you know, cut back on your sugar intake? This is a wild berry. So the word of mouth is definitely the key part of having people try it. So I, you might not have that many people get excited about a sweetener in the same way, if that makes sense. But, um, yeah. but also people are really, really aware right now of the negative effects of sugar and they're looking for alternatives. And, and my, my quote is that we don't think that people need more better artificial sweeteners. They need real food and this solves for both. Yeah. And as you've grown their company too, obviously it's taken off and you've gotten a lot of publicity and in terms of views from influencers and other people, then what, what have been some of the biggest challenges though, as you've grown this company so far? Um, operationally, when you do not know when uh, Justin Bieber is going to pick up your berry and say to the world, you know, you need to have nature's wild berry, we, we can sell out pretty quickly. And so, and so yeah. <clears throat> part of it is um, investing in our equipment, investing in our inventory, and making sure that we are prepared for the next Oprah, the next Ellen. And um, so we're doing we're we're creating an insane amount of berries. We're pass we're selling our millionth berry by the end of the year, and thank you. We've gotten up to five freeze dryers. Uh, they're running twenty four seven. It doesn't sound like a lot when I say that we're making 60 pounds a week of uh, astronaut food, but it's very, very <laughs> lightweight. I assure you. And, uh, yeah. 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 And so, um, yeah, where we are, we are scaling. We now have four farms and, uh, you know, we started off with one in 2016. So we are, we are growing at a very rapid pace and I'm looking at this as a marathon. I'm looking at this as something that, I'll be doing for the next 10, 15 years. So I really ought to get as good at it as I possibly can right now. And, um, <laughs> and, and thanks. And I have to say a special word to Amazon personally, because I do have a lot of colleagues who work there and uh, without their help, we would, I mean, without, without Amazon, we definitely would not have a business. They have brought so many customers to us that we would not have been able to reach on our own, even with the social outreach that we have. Um, so, and their ability to, to open up fulfillment centers around the country and around the world has allowed us to um, follow our mission. Our mission is to make the berry more affordable and more available. Um, otherwise, we're not really having an impact on the world. If people can't get it and they can't afford it, then they can't use it. And so Amazon has allowed us to make it available around the world. It's they, They've allowed us to lower our prices. And so um, I just wanted to say uh, as, as many times as I publicly can, thank you to Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, they do allow – I mean they do obviously allow so many different companies to spring up because of the customer base they have and the way to reach customers through them, especially if a product is, is like yours where it's a little bit more unique and – you clearly have done have done a great job with it, and I know I've worked in e-commerce before as as well, and our specialty products uh, were like sports figures and sports bobbleheads, and a lot of sales on Amazon is what we did for sure. Um, they're such a great partner, and it's easy to <laughs> to grow through them. And obviously, you still want you have your own distribution through your own website and everything else, 
but it's kind of a back and forth thing, but they are so, they are so beneficial. I know from just seeing that firsthand as well. And with, with your growth too, obviously you started with just the two of you, how have you built your team as your company has grown? So our team has been uh, ebbing and flowing. We've wanted to really keep it as lean as possible. So the foundation has always been our farm, the people working through our farm and Giuliano and I. Um, Amazon allows us to not have to do so much work because we don't have to create our own distribution, comp, you know, fulfillment centers, all of that. So we can still stay pretty lean. Yeah. Um, but we do have quite a bit of help. We're, I'm plugged into the Los Angeles market out here. My brother is in the film industry. So we get a, a lot of production, uh, post-production work uh, from them. Um, it's I'm very thankful, by the way, for everybody who's listening. Thank you. And also... Uh, <laughs> Also, uh, virtual assistants. Tim Ferriss taught me that uh, we can get very detailed help um, through VAs. And so we're doing all of our bookkeeping. We're um, doing a lot of outreach through VAs. I'm uh, doing a lot of design through VAs. So this has helped us uh, keep our uh, focus and attention on, to me, what really, really matters uh, people matter the most. Don't get me wrong. Like, I I want to build a huge business, but I think in the beginning, if we're if I'm not worried about HR as much as I am worried about our customers, then I think that our business has a better chance of surviving. If I'm not worried about like the laws of California employment as much as I am worried about like you know like making <laughs> you know growing our business an, an extra twenty percent next month, um, then I feel like that has gives us a better chance to have a bigger business down the road. And I think that the first time that we'll become a household name will probably be in the year 2030, you know, maybe, maybe later. So um, that's what I'm working for. And I, I, I really don't feel like rushing it at this moment to become a huge, a huge employee-based business or a huge sales force business, I don't think to me at this moment is uh, the right direction for us to go. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of Tim Ferriss as well with all the different things he sense. talks about. And I've used virtual assistants too from hearing about it from Tim Ferriss. And it, it is such a, it's one of those things where it's so useful to have virtual assistants um, to help with different things like outreach, to help with things um, like some of the book bookkeeping you mentioned even some social media stuff very beneficial i've used like online jobs.ph for some there's other companies and sites as well to find them but it can be a huge help to keep your team pretty lean as well especially as you're as you're growing and to focus on other things that you should be focusing on especially as one of the heads of the company and you know i'm just curious as to what your vision kind of the next few years is with, with your company. You mentioned kind of being a household name and maybe like the next 10 years. But the next few years, what are you working towards? What are you working sure. on? Sure. So we still have probably cracked maybe 1% of the market 
penetration for just awareness that people you know know that we exist much less have even tried the product so we're we're going to be doing a lot more of the same <laughs> for the next few years i am very excited about getting into retail because we started nature's wildberry with a specific intent of distribution in the last um, three years, we've been going to trade shows, and this past Expo West, we had a chance to sit down with UNFI. And one of the benefits of having Giuliano as my partner is that he has, you know, a whole history ordering food through UNFI, and so he knows he knows people there. And uh, we got a meeting, um, and in about two minutes, they went from not knowing anything about the berry to wanting to distribute it. And, and so we filmed that, thing, and it's a it's a great video if you get a chance to see it on YouTube or my LinkedIn. Um, it, it's a very short video, but it's just a powerful um, example of when you do have a product that can capture someone's imagination just by sampling it. Um, what that can what that can do, and I just encourage people to never stop uh, sampling. Because it's very easily, it's very, very simple to feel like, well, if I'm sampling, then I'm doing one-offs. But if I'm selling online, I can sell to the masses. But still sampling is, is definitely the best way to keep you sharp. You definitely want to stay in, in front of people and get those reactions as much as possible. Yeah, and even though obviously looking for the long haul, which is great, it seems like a product that can be around for quite some time because obviously the uses are, are very, very clear. It does also seem like, though, even your current track, the next few years, you could see some pretty crazy progress. I could see that with it taking off on social even more um, as it kind of grows and could have an ex exponential effect. So maybe it might happen before 2030, which could be good or bad, depending on how your distribution and be able to handle that is. Um, one of the things, too, you mentioned uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, you mentioned Tim Ferriss. Are there any other specific podcasts or books or people you follow that resources that have been helpful for you over the years? Um, podcast, Jason Calacanis has a fantastic podcast. He's been doing it for like 10 plus years and I've been listening to him yeah. ever since he first started back in the day. Um, he reminded, he gave me the DHH quote that really got me committed to picking nature's wild berry as my outlet. DHH said, if you're not, um, executing on your best idea right now, then you're doing it wrong. And that was just, I never was able to shake that quote. And thanks to Jason, it kind of stuck in my head. And when I, when I was forced to choose between like the eight ideas that I had for my business, it, it made me focus on nature's wild berry. So thank you to Jason, Ryan holiday. I learned from uh, Tim Ferriss, uh, the ego's enemy obstacles, the way so high level Peter Thiel, um, I, I've got notebooks, just my notes, listening to Peter Thiel and Elon Musk, competitions for losers and like, you know, first principles, like starting from what you know to be true. Um, talking about if you if you if you really want to study sales, I think that the best sales trainer is probably Tom Hopkins, someone from like the 70s, 80s, actually, 90s. He might even be around today, but. You can, get, you can get his you can get his um, his audio. I highly recommend it if you're if you want to really get your sales game to a high level. Couldn't recommend him 
more. And then, of course, there's this guy, Justin Gordon. I think that you might have heard him. I really <laughs> recommend him. Yes, of course. <laughs> there's so many good people. There's so many resources out there. I mean, it's one of those things where everyone kind of finds their own. There's some that are more universal and a lot more people know about, of course, but it's like finding whatever it is for you that's, that's helpful. And clearly those people have been helpful for you. I'll definitely echo the almost all of those people actually I've listened to or, or seen videos of um, over the years and been helpful from an inspirational perspective, but also like, like you said, the first principles thinking, the zero to one thinking. So many different like principles from them have been have been helpful. It's great to hear. Great to hear that. Um, at this point in your business, it's a few years in. It's it's been very successful so far. Like, how are you spending your time, managing your time day to day at this point? Boy, scheduling is critical. So everything has to deal with follow up. Most people don't want to help you, even if it's their job, even if it. That's what they're paid to do. You really have to track down um, people to uh, follow up on your own initiatives, what you want to see happen in the world, something that takes a tremendous amount of follow-up. So that's where I'm spending most of my time, making sure that the, uh, you know, for example, I want to have greener packaging. And so I've got initiatives around that that deal with compostable. So we're, we're testing um, how compostable packaging works with um, uh, different types of environments, hot and cold environments, uh, where that takes, you know, kinds of effort. Um, there's innovative uh, things that I want to come out with that we're testing right now. We're a lot, there's, there's science that's being done that has never been done before. And that, I mean, I know that that is the state of science, obviously, but uh, we're, you know, yeah. we're testing the amount of uh, the glycoprotein miraculin every single one of our servings, like the range so you can get a, a, a constant, you know, what that variable would be. Um, where, I, I mean, I could go into stuff that I, I, I want to go into stuff that I can't go into, but <laughs> it is, uh, it, it's exciting. Uh, if I were to break it down, like in a pie chart, I would say that um, 25% of my day-to-day -day is the follow-up on things that we're already um, launching. 25% is, um, you know, being in touch all times with our production line, our manufacturing, our inventory. Um, and then another 25, 20, 25% is marketing, making sure that uh, we're constantly getting in front of new people. And then uh, I would say you know, the remainder is on our, on our customers following up with specific people, um, like getting to know their names, getting to know their families' names, getting to know like other people that they think that would, uh, our Barry would be good at and reaching out to them. Um, constantly getting that one-to-one -one feedback is, uh, I, I love that people to person to person experience because the, the, um, effects never get old. Like I've done this Barry six years, multiple times a day. And every time I have, I just had it with my coffee and every time I have it, it blows me away. But hearing other people experience it, um, over and over or for the first time also never gets old. So I feed off of other people's energy and I recommend, um, if you're the type of person that does the same thing, getting in touch with your customers is great for the business, but it also helps you out. Like 
psychologically it helps you push you know yeah and with and with you spending so much, like obviously so much time growing a business any entrepreneur knows how much time it takes to grow a company and the time you have to just spend on it is, is kind of crazy how do you step back how do you recharge to make sure you're performing at your best so this morning before we got together uh, i spent a good amount of time in meditation um right after meditation uh, this is a daily practice you, i have to get my exercise in so i'm doing two of those things non-negotiable it's every day um sometimes more than once a day if i if i can get it and then um i have a you know dog that is basically my family <laughs> you know and um to me being in nature is really important i came from a place where i was uh i didn't have any water around me i came from the desert and so to be next to the beach is is uh something that i always get recharged from i walk max on the on the beach all the time stay close i came to los angeles to be next to my brother so i have a sibling that gives me that kind of grounds me and reminds me who i am every day um other than that, I kind of set it up to where I, I don't need that much time off. I'm doing exactly what I want to do in the business. I can't think of anything else that I'd rather be doing. Yeah. So I don't have to do that much escapism. But, you know, you know we, we do live in a great place where if you want to escape, Los Angeles is the perfect place to, <laughs> to find a way to escape. Yeah, it does present opportunities for that, for sure, for yeah. sure. And and it's an interesting point you make there, um, just talking about how, like, yeah, you're doing what you want to be doing in the business. That's how you kind of want to be spending your time. You don't need as much time to recharge. And I think that's an important point with entrepreneurs who are so passionate about their business. And if they can get to the point where they're not doing, again, like you said, the things you don't want to be doing by, by hiring out, by delegating certain things as well it does keep your energy up it keeps that that passion there for doing the stuff you actually want to be doing in the business it doesn't feel like oh this is just a drag and clearly there's there's always some things you you have to do that maybe aren't the most fun parts of the business but then you don't need as much time anyways to recharge and that's why working insane hours sometimes doesn't even seem like it because it's just like well what else would i do with my time i enjoy i enjoy this so much which is i think an interesting point and as we kind of wrap up here i'm just curious as to like any other lessons or takeaways so far in your entrepreneurial journey? Um, I would say for people listening who know that they have a contrib contribution in this world, the, they just are kind of not positive about when they're going to make their mark or when it's going to start. I would say that's obviously telling you something and never never forget that also don't get tempted by a bigger paycheck in the short run if you know that that is the case for you if you know that you're supposed to be a, a, a world changer i know it sounds so cliche but if, if you know <laughs> that you're supposed to make your mark um don't fall for the trap of making six figures and getting hooked on that paycheck it sounds weird it sounds counterintuitive but my recommendation is to get a retail job or a server position or something that you can walk away from easily. It will pay the bills, but it will keep you sharp. It will remind you the people that you're dealing with. It will remind you your customer base. 
And um, the, the most important thing is you won't feel trapped. When the time is right for you, when the stars align and you have your product offering, you have your you know, co-founding team, it will be so much easier for you to launch and to walk away. Um, that was just my experience. And, I, and I'm so happy that I didn't go to Wall Street because with, with being a finance major, so many of my friends uh, had that hollow experience. And oh, God, I'm so happy I didn't have that. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to just briefly talk about uh, the what I call the Wildberry way of life. It's five sure. improvements from a single serving and it's just less than a minute. But to me, what this berry did for me um, was that it gave me power over something I never thought I had power over. And it's called the uh, uh, locus of control. And, and you learn that either you have more of an internal locus of control or an external on the spectrum. And, an internal would say that I'm I can I'd like to control as much as I can so that I have a say in, in my present and future. And an external locus of control would be more on the spectrum of, you know, I I have less of a say of, of what I can control and um, I'm more controlled by my surroundings and the environment that I'm in. And I think that belief systems determine whether you're perpetuating or eliminating excuses. And this theory shifted my locus of control from an external one to an internal one. And that made a humongous difference. I was able to control how my taste buds work for the first time, rather than thinking that, you know, I was just born with these taste buds and there was nothing I can do about it. And that is, that is powerful. And then the second point that I got when I, when I thought really deeply about what was happening with this berry was of something to do with self-awareness versus self-discipline. And I found out that self-discipline is no chance of working if you don't understand yourself first. And um, the second improvement was shifting my perspective from if I didn't restrict myself, how would I ever change who I am versus knowing my deepest self, how can I work with what's available to me? And that's an awareness yeah. point of view that uh, – also struck me as super deep um willpower is something that people always talk about especially when it comes to losing weight when it comes to dieting or eating whatever and willpower to me was up there with self-discipline like don't talk to me about that like i <laughs> i got it no one <laughs> more than i do you know um and 90 of the time i could say no to that cookie but when when I was gaining weight back in 2013, I was gaining weight because it was that five or ten percent of the time that I would eat the cookie, and um, so I found out that staying power is more important than willpower, and that was the sh third shift. It, thinking if I want it bad enough, I'll make it work. Moving away from that and saying I love it so much that this is mine now, and and I looked at willpower as a short term answer for looking for a long-term solution and and that's what staying power is yeah and then two more i'm gonna rattle these off real fast and uh and bore everybody but i think this is so important i just wanted to get it out there people talk about smarter versus harder work and that was something that i knew that was true to me even as cliche as it gets but you're not solving problems if your solutions lead to other problems and 
that was where I was, I was doing this because I knew that I should, right? And that was kind of the hard work because I, there was sacrifice there. But when I was working with the berry, I felt smarter about it. I didn't feel the sacrifice. I felt like this was a true win win that I was looking for because I was considering the future me and the present me. Last thing, if you're not sure, pick nature over not sure. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, to me, I was craving processed foods. That was my diet. I didn't know what they put in there. I just kept coming back. And uh, I think so much clearer now because I'm not, I'm not as hooked. I'm not as addicted. Um, what I'm hooked on are is the sweetness that I get from the whole food. So if I can't buy anything at the store uh, that tastes better than this, then I'm happy. You know, I've, I've replaced a bad habit with a good habit. So that was my uh, quick five things. I know you didn't ask for it, but I wanted to get that out there. The wild berry way of life. Yeah, and I think I think it's important. And thank you. Thank you for sharing. And, and Hank, where can people go to find the berry to learn more about it? Sure. We have a website, Nature's Wild Berry. We're on all the socials. You just type in Miracle Berry, Magic Berry, Lididi Berry, Nature's Wild Berry, any of those. Um, you'll find us, Nature's Wild Berry, on Instagram, on uh, YouTube, and uh, on Facebook. But really, the best thing you could do about you know following up on the berry is trying it for yourself. We're giving it away for free on our website. If you want to just pay for shipping, we'll send you it. Um, prove it to yourself that it works. You can uh, share it with a friend and have a party with it and then get some, get, get a jar and subscribe. It gets down to 50 cents a serving, super inexpensive, 20 minutes. You can have, you know, the unsweetened lifestyle, but taste everything as if it was sweetened. It's pretty awesome. Awesome. And everyone should definitely check it out. And I'll be sure to link up to everything discussed and also the products, products and everything at justgrind.com slash podcast. Show notes and everything will be there. Hank, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it, man. Justin, appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. Have a great one, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. The Weekly Grind, which is my weekly newsletter, comes out every single Friday. You can find it at justgogrind.com slash newsletter. This is filled with tips, tools, and strategies for growing your business. If you want to know how to launch a business, how to grow it, how to get it off the ground, find employees, all these different things. There's a few tips, tools, and strategies every single week I deliver right to you. Justgogrind.com slash newsletter. Check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you in the next episode.